everyone and welcome to our next subtlecast with me today is karen thompson and before i let her introduce herself i just want to get uh, to tell you what today is about karen is talking about having participated in our masters in academic practice here at the university of glasgow where it's all about subtle in the master's project so hi karen thank you for joining us today Hi, thank you very much for inviting me along. You're most welcome. So where do we even start? Oh yes, good question. Uh, why did you actually decide to do the MED in academic practice? No, that's a good question. Um, so my background is, um, I actually am a textile conservator um, and I teach on the MPhil in textile conservation. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very keen to sort of develop my scholarship um, I use teaching and pedagogy in my teaching, but I wanted to better understand it, navigate the literature more effectively and critically engage with it to enhance my practice. Um, and I really enjoy learning new concepts and ideas. So that's sort of the motivations for it. <laughs> and there are definitely a lot of them in the masters. <laughs> um, so there are different ways of actually getting into our master's program. What was the route you've chosen to, to get into it? Yeah, so the, I mean, there are many routes. I mean, I think a lot of colleagues um, join through the PG CAP or the PG CERT. Um, um, the PG CAP or the PG CERT is our postgraduate certificate in academic practice, which all new lectures on the early careers development track um, are undertaking when they join the institution. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so I didn't come via that route. Um, so mine was sort of based on um, accreditation of prior learning. So I was basing it on my previous experience, which was really mm -hmm. useful actually, encouraging me to sort of reflect on my own teaching practice and think about what the MA could actually offer me. Mm -hmm. So it was quite a, you know, a very conscious process of engaging in that in that application. Yeah, very much. You had to really think about what, uh -huh. what your teaching values were, what experiences you had. And um, it was really also useful to think about where your gaps were, where, where you know, where you wanted to develop further. Mm -hmm. So you've made it in, <laughs> you went <laughs> through the process. So in hindsight, now that you're finishing, what was the most valuable aspect of the of the first year of the MED for you. So so in the first year, so the first year of the MED is a is a taught year, and the second year is the actual master's project. Just, just for our listeners to know how that's organized. So for me, I think um, it was really important for the courses, the the three A, B, and C, because they really set me up for learning in a new discipline. I think. Mm -hmm. Coming at it from outside social sciences was was um, was challenging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh -huh. So I think I found that the sort of the research, learning about the research methodologies mm -hmm. and um, sort of related aspects to that was really important to developing my subtle practice. Mm -hmm. Getting to grips with the different research methods, mm -hmm. as I said, they were challenging, but this was really invaluable, and it sort of opened up. I can. I now feel more confident at conversations with colleagues across different subjects across the university um, and also navigating my way around the literature and actually critically engaging with it much more effectively than, than before. 
Um, and it's been really nice to sort of find common practices across the university with people with, you know, from different backgrounds yeah. and different contexts. Um, yeah. And so it, it set me up really well, I think. Mm -hmm. That's great. So the, the courses you mentioned, the course 3A, B and C is basically the first one, 3A is um, engaging with literature around Sotho, so critically engaging with it, as you mentioned, 3B is a 20 credit course, runs the whole year and it looks all into uh, research methods, methodology, ethics, and 3C is all about the data analysis. So it's it's a set of courses that basically gives an introduction into how to engage in all the different aspects of a of an educational inquiry. So I found it really interesting that you said, you know, it helped you to communicate, you know, with, with colleagues better. That that's something I would not have, you know, expected as a kind of side effect of the of the program. That's really that's really interesting. It sort of opens up new I suppose languages and worlds that you hadn't really you'd sort of been aware of but not mm -hmm. understood it so well so I think mm -hmm. it's yeah that's interesting we had um, conversations on a podcast with a colleague from research integrity office and we were talking about the different the disciplinary differences um, in undertaking research but I guess also the disciplinary differences in using language can actually be quite quite strong um, so You've done a year, you've talked about the positive impacts it's had. <laughs> so what was the most challenging aspect, you would say, of that master's programme? Um, I suppose the one thing that sort of stands out is um, completing the School of Education's ethics application. I think that was <laughs> quite challenging. Um, it, so the ethics application is actually one of the assessments. And I remember when starting the course, I thought, well, that would be relatively straightforward. I think I can manage that. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it really encouraged me to think about the process much more critically and sort of unpick mm -hmm. it more, I think. Um, and it was a really useful way to ask questions about my research and actually became an, an essential part of actually justifying my research methods and really mm -hmm. thinking about it. So by the end of it, I was pleased I'd done it. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the challenges. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, was, I, was, um, I think it also sort of highlights the difference in approaches to ethics across mm -hmm. the different colleges and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we can learn a lot from each other's practice, but that's probably a, another discussion, I think. <laughs> yes, interestingly, it keeps coming up. I think this is definitely, <laughs> this is definitely something that should potentially be another podcast, if not several. Yeah. What I liked about what you just said was actually that basically ethics is as a more integral part to undertaking your subtle, not, not just a, you know, oh, we have to tick some boxes and fill in a form, but it actually is supposed to make you think about your project, your approaches, what you're doing. That's, yeah, so I'm glad to hear that. And, I, <laughs> and I'm sure my colleagues from the ethics committee as well. <laughs> then you think back about um, the, the two years how did you actually manage with your full-time job and you know all your work commitments and workload to squeeze in that, that master's program that two years master's work as I, I i mean thinking about if i was thinking about it i think i'm not sure how i could do it but i think because of the way the course is structured i was very much able to work at my own pace 
I found the sort of 20 credit courses were were manageable a semester. I don't think I could have done any more. I think I think that would have been too much for me. Um, and for me, it was having focus time at the weekends worked best for me when I just had a clear headspace to think. Mm -hmm. um, and whilst it's not necessarily that easy balancing the work and the mm -hmm. study, I found I enjoyed being a student. It sort of created a bit of space for me time. I think I allowed myself it because I had deadlines to work to. I thought, well, no, I've got to do it. I can do it. And I think otherwise I've um, been concentrating more on, on, on other things or answering emails. Or um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it really helped. Um, and again, I think the flexibility of the program, I mean, you understand yeah. the demands, you can see it. And so it made it very easy to sort of manage the pressures of work and study but you know even I had to bow to the inevitable and um, ask for an extension for my my <laughs> dissertation so um but uh, yeah, it's been an, an interesting year <laughs> I find it really interesting that you said that uh for you being a being a student is actually creating me time that's really you know that's really it it, it um It resonates with me as someone who enjoys learning and just constantly keeps doing things like <laughs> recently <laughs> got a diploma in cognitive coaching um yeah so <laughs> um I think it's addictive I think <laughs> it's horrible you can't stop <laughs> but it's I'm, I'm really glad that um that you enjoy the experience and our this master's is entirely online so this is what um Karen was referring to when when saying you know you can manage your own time because a lot of it is asynchronous online so last but not least question <laughs> what so if you wanted to tell the listeners something what would you say was your biggest takeaway message from having done the masters oh i don't know whether i've got one i've probably got several i think um <laughs> we take it all we take all of them. <laughs> um for me i think the the thing that i really enjoyed um, was being able to study in depth for the for the master's project. Mm -hmm. um, to have that focus time to think about one of one aspect of my teaching, and um, as we were saying before, just having that mm -hmm. because it was a course requirement. I kept going with it even though there were other demands on my time. And I think I've understood a lot more about myself as a learner. Um, and we were just talking about enjoying being a student. I'm much more confident, I think, and creative in my teaching. And I feel able to take risks, but I'd, hope, I'd like to say informed ones, but <laughs> <laughs> others may disagree. I don't know. <laughs> um, and the sort of opportunity to enhance my practice and apply it critically um, and develop my thinking has been really valuable. Um, I suppose I just, I feel more confident I think in discussions, I feel now that I can actually yeah. contribute to the wider HE debates, which I don't think uh -huh. I would, not, you know, was 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 uh -huh. I before. And um, so I'm really looking forward to actually getting my research out there and, and getting it published. So that's my next goal. Yay. I think after had a long break for Christmas. I think that's <laughs> yes. Take a break first. <laughs> yes, definitely. So. <laughs> yeah. So this is really, really good to hear. And I like the phrase you just use informed risk taking. I think yeah. I'm going to pinch that <laughs> and we'll quote you. <laughs> um 
yeah and um and i'm looking forward to seeing the the publications coming out of your master's project and seeing where this where this is leading as well so um thank you for talking so positively about your <laughs> experience with the masters i promise it was not <laughs> it was not agreed beforehand <laughs> um <clears throat> And thank you for coming on to the podcast and talking to people about it. So I'll um, I post a podcast and once Karen gets to the point of publishing, I will add the publication underneath the podcast so you can have a look at what came out of this master's project. So thank you very much for joining us. And yeah, thanks Karen, bye. Thank you, thank you for the opportunity. Bye.